listening to Tapped In, Buckham County's Half Hour to Empower on WRES 100.7 FM in Asheville. Listen up and get tapped into local important resources, information, and topics. Learn more about the topics of today's show at buncombecounty.org. Okay, it's time to get tapped in. Hello, 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 and greetings. It is that time, and if you're listening to my voice, you know it's time to get tapped in. I'm one of your hosts, Zakia Bell Rogers. And I'm Leonard Jones. And Leonard and I come to you from the Communications and Public Engagement Department of Buncombe County. And so today, today is the first of a five-part series that we'll be doing about the Community Reparations Commission that is taking place here in Buncombe County in the city of Asheville. I would like to introduce our special guests, Salah Merritt and Bobette Mays. They're here to discuss the work in progress of the Housing Impact Focus Area, a work group of the commission. Welcome, Salah and Bobette. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So before we get started, I would like to just give some context about this commission. The Community Reparation Commission is empowered to make recommendations that will make significant progress towards repairing the damage caused by public and private systematic racism. The 25-member commission appoints, appointments were made from the city and county government impact focus area experts in legacy neighborhoods. Those legacy neighborhoods are Burden Street, East End Valley Street, Shiloh, Southside, Stumptown, Asheville Housing Authority, and the heart of Chestnut. The commission receives ongoing support from the city and county staff to ensure cohesion throughout. Commission term is two years from the appointed appointment ending March, April of 2024. The impact focuses areas are criminal justice, health and wellness, housing, education, and economic development. And that is your background. <laughs> And just a quick timeline of everything that's to happen. Um, the Asheville City Council, as well as the Board of Commission in the spring of 2020, um, passed resolutions supporting community reparations for Black Asheville and Buncombe County. Um, around the summer of 2021, there was an information sharing and truth-telling speaking series um, where a series of local and national speakers came in through facilitating discussions with community members about past policies and practices, um, practices and present trends and future initiatives. And so around funding for reparations, we know in 2021, uh, the city council passed a resolution and a budget amendment to the amount of $2.1 million um, from its city general capital project funds utilizing a, san a, a land sale proceeds to provide initial funding for reparations. Um, in the spring of 2022, the formation of the commission um, happened um, as well. And then the county funding for reparations around the summer of 2022, Buncombe County's um, FY23 budget passed and included an, an additional $2 million intended funding for immediate and short-term recommendations gener generated by the commission. Um, one of the first recommendations that came out of this commission was um, ongoing support and commitment. And uh, at the summer of 2022, the city and county um, allocated an additional investment of 500000 in future budgets, um, as well as the Border Commission um, did the same for future reparation budgets with an annual increase of 2%. 
Um, also in 2022, a second uh, recommendation came out of the commission, the immediate recommendation to stop harm. And the commission um, unanimously approved an immediate recommendation to the city of Asheville as well as Buncombe County to stop future harms. The immediate recommendation included in con conducting an official audit to ensure compliance with federal and state laws, regulatory bodies, code of conduct, court order, and consent decrees to allow the acceptance of acceptance of guarantee that the city and county has ceased the inflicting future harms on the African-American community. Um, and the city and city, as well as the county, uphold the stop the harm rec um, recommendations in 2023 as well. And we find ourselves where we're at today, where there's continued to um, development, develop recommendations. And so today, as we mentioned earlier, we're going to focus on one of the impact focus areas of housing. So now let's get to it. Okay. All right. All right. So either um, Baba or Salah can um, answer this question. Um, what does it mean um, to have an impact focus area around housing? Probably, you want me to take that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of the recommendations, so you understand that we have the five buckets, and thank you, mm -hmm. Lena, for sharing those five buckets. The housing IFA focuses on increasing black home ownership mm -hmm. and other strategies to support upward mobility and build generational wealth within the black community. Now, what does that mean, mm -hmm. right? When we talk about key harms that were addressed, we're talking about the displacement of black homes and neighborhoods due to urban renewal. So when we look and have our conversations in our housing IFA, we're looking at how can we redress that harm? How mm -hmm. can we turn that around? How can we correct that? Um, so that's basically what we do. We have speakers come in and we kind of talk about like what information is out there. Share with us what you have because we really want to determine what it is that's within our power, right, mm -hmm. to correct the wrong, mm -hmm. to make it right. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and people, when they hear the word reparation, they, you have to understand it's called repair. Mm -hmm. And even though, like, you break your arm, we need to understand that it'll never take away that you broke that bone. But when you repair a broken bone, it makes it better than being broken. So what right. we're doing is trying to repair the harm and make those folks in a better position. Correct. So I, I, I want people to understand that, that part as right. well. So when and where and how often do you meet? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. I have to get this right because I, I oversee two impact focus areas. <laughs> so housing meets the second and third Tuesday of every month mm -hmm. from 6 to 8 at the Grant Center. Okay. So, and, and the Grant Center, and for you all who have been here a very long time, it is uh, better known as the Reed Center over off my Livingston, 133 Livingston <laughs> Street. That's no, Center. that's the editor. Oh, the Center. Grant Center is down the hill. <laughs> it's the one with the new pool. Yes. And so down the hill, I'm sorry, I'm giving you all the wrong information. <laughs> it used to be the baseball field. Yes. Correct. That's what it was. And so um, it's a, a very a new structure. Um, so if you can go, um, it, it, and, and it is it's open to the public? Yes. It is open to the public, yes. Yeah. So you all hear that. It is open to you all to go and attend and hear what's going on. Because if you're, if you're not, if you don't engage, you don't know. So I love so, that, yeah. And so I heard you mention one of the key harms around, like, um, lack of generational wealth. What are some of the other key harms that the housing impact focus area is mm -hmm. focusing on? Bobette, you want to? Um, stopping generation gentrification in black communities mm -hmm. and uh, a lack of competent financial literacy programs for black people 
uh, we know that gentrification has already taken place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what we would like to do in these neighborhoods would be able to keep the people that are there in their homes. Because some of them can't afford either the taxes or their homes need to be in repair and they're not able to get that done. And that all comes peace with the financial piece of all of what we're working with uh, to address all those harms. Okay, so with um, so we're a year in this process um, as we went through the timeline earlier. Um, if someone comes to the meeting, what are what's who have some been some of the guests been coming into the meeting, or is it just discussion? How is the meeting set up? We've had RJC Racial Justice Coalition. Co- coalition. Coalition. We've okay. had those, yes. and we've had we've always had someone from the city and the county to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lawyers come. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had the group. I'm. What's the name of the young group? Arteria. Arteria? Is that how you say it? They've come once or twice. Mm-hmm. We've had those to come. Then we've had people from, um, it was a real estate group that came in at one time. Mm-hmm. So we don't, we see that kind of different diversity of people coming in mm-hmm. with, uh, just to get information from us on what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Have they shared out any information? And if so, what's some of the information y'all discovered throughout the first year? I think the the young group, they have really stepped up to doing research, mm-hmm. and they're taking notes, and RJC is doing the same thing. They're having little uh, community events mm-hmm. with housing. We've already been, they've been to Shiloh. Um, they have different areas in the black communities that they go in so that people will be aware of what reparation is and mm-hmm. what the work that we are doing. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they bring the information that they're hearing from community back to right. y'all to kind of share to help y'all formulate some of those ideas. Mm-hmm. And just to add to what Bob has said, we also had the Asheville Buncombe Community Land Trust. Okay. Mm-hmm. I got that right. Mm-hmm. And we had um, Kate Cutshaw from the Library Archives yes. come in and share some information. We're looking into some things about model cities. Mm-hmm. Right. We really want to make sure that as we move forward with this work, that we are getting all the information. We like informed decisions, mm-hmm. informed recommendations. So we are making sure that um, the people that we bring in, the organizations that we bring in to speak, they're answering the questions that we may have as yes. we're having these discussions. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so we, we have this one part group and we have five areas. How does this work connect with the larger um, reparations group? For housing, we mm-hmm. feel like it, it overlaps and intersects mm-hmm. in many, many ways. So Bobette talked about um, um, education, right? We understand that when we talk about losing property, right, mm-hmm. sometimes it's because we don't know. Yes. We don't know what we don't know. Mm-hmm. So we really want an education component to housing, right? Education, edu- Educating um, individuals on air property, right? On if you don't pay your taxes, what will happen? Um, on how to save for a house, how to build your credit. Mm-hmm. We're looking at doing foundational things, right? To mm-hmm. assist individuals um, with keeping their housing, obtaining housing. Mm-hmm. Um, the foundation is very, very important. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think it's which is so important to understand, like, you know, um, we look at the city and we know we have a lot of housing communities mm-hmm. that are placed within the city. Right. Um, and a lot of folks, 
you know, may say, why don't they get out of housing? Housing is a stepping stone, but it's kind of hard to get out when you don't have that education right. of how to get out. Right. So, you know, establishing those financial literacy programs to how to obtain and maintain um, household. Right now, those folks are just surviving. Right. And so through this reparation, a reparation process along with housing, we want to teach them to survive and transition into thriving into home ownership. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is that we understand, sorry, Bobette, um, we understand that not everyone wants to be a homeowner. Yes. But education is still important because you may have a child in your home that's going to grow up mm-hmm. to be an adult and you want to be able to share that information that you know, mm-hmm. that knowledge that you have to say, I didn't want to own a home, but this is what you need to know. You want to yeah. give your children a foundation. You want this. You, we want to build that generational wealth. I, and I get that because every time something breaks in my house, I don't want to be a homeowner. Right. <laughs> okay. Easier to have the landlord come oh, and take yeah. care. Right. <laughs> Especially when the pipes bust in right. the winter. Okay, Miss Bobette. And when we look at the other groups as far as um, health and wellness, mm-hmm. um, we're looking at in the communities where we see that children that have our children have been placed on higher medications for behavior mm-hmm. because they said at school system said they can't do anything with them so the research with where they are at home and how it goes mm-hmm. into their health and wellness by the time they go to middle school or high school it's their choice whether they want to take the medicine mm-hmm. and the medicine that they've been on is almost like a drug yeah and it's once altering. they just mm-hmm. take them off then it does something to their um, to their psyche. They're not able to. They're not even able to cope socially because what we see in our environments are kids that are on medication that is so strong that they're like zombies. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't have an appetite. When you mm-hmm. see, and and that's a part of education too, because parents need to know what the end result of all of those things Mm -hmm. okay and so then you look at that in the criminal justice system also Mm -hmm. because what happens by the time they're teenagers going into adulthood all these things Mm -hmm. that have happened to them and it's generational Mm -hmm. it comes from if we look back at the harm that was done with urban renewal Mm -hmm. the people that were displaced whether they owned or they rent their homes they were displaced. You know where they went? Into housing. Mm-hmm. So you've got generation. You've got five and six generations of no hope. Yeah. So if you lost the little bit that you did have, and mm-hmm. then you're trying to raise your children, then they don't have hope either. Mm-hmm. And so how do we change that and get that? That would be part of the criminal justice and economic development would be giving them a shot at where they can go, what they can do mm-hmm. to either self-employment. Or building something mm-hmm. because I'll even say a drug dealer is smart. Mm-hmm. They know how to handle their money. <laughs> yeah. So if we could do something more of a positive mm-hmm. way for them to be able to see. And so I think that when we work with the younger kids now, we have to start giving them positive motiv- motivation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they see so much on television, games they play. It's negative. So mm-hmm. we need to change that and transform it. Yeah. So I hear y'all mention um, urban renewal. So we know that a lot of times when the discussion around reparations, people think spanning from slavery up to current day. Is that one of the key areas y'all focus on, focusing on urban renewal? And just for the listeners, can you just explain urban renewal and what that process was? I'm going to give that to Bob back. No. Go. 
<laughs> you started our friendship. I you love started. you. <laughs> um, so when we look at urban renewal, that's land that was taken mm-hmm. away from black folk, mm-hmm. right? Um, and not in a a kind way, mm-hmm. right? It was taken, it was stolen. We're just gonna put it out there, that mm-hmm. it was stolen. And it was so, a government policy. Yes, it was a government policy. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the recommendations that we have is that we immediately return all urban renewal land that is being held in moratorium by the city of Asheville to be placed aside for reparations. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of the recommendations that we've already put forth. We've had conversations with the attorneys and they, you know, we're definitely gonna have to wordsmith that mm-hmm. um, in some type of way because there are some policies in place, right? And legislation is like, well, no, you just can't do it. It can't go to an individual. It has to go to a 501c3. Um, and then what happens to that land once it's given back? So mm-hmm. definitely, um, returning that land. And the other thing that we found out is that as we were looking at the plots of land that are left, Mm -hmm. they're very small. So it's not like there's a lot that you can do with it. Yeah. Um, but we still want it back. Yes. Right. Um, (laughs) the other is we were asking about, um, an acquisition, a land acquisition program, Mm -hmm. but we also put forth that any land that the city and the count, the city or the County took during urban renewal, that they give back that amount of acreage that they took, mm-hmm. we say add interest. <laughs> now what that interest looks like, we don't yeah. know, right? Yeah. But whatever land was taken, the amount of acreage that that be given back. Yeah. Um, and, we're, and we're very, we have very strong opinions about that. And mm-hmm. that's something that we're really gonna you know, work towards. Mm-hmm. How it's gonna turn out, I don't know, but you know, we, we're gonna ask for you know, the sky. Oh yeah. yeah. And, and see and, what we get. And that should be, you right. know, what it is because I think it's it was taken away so um strong armed. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, and so and and, and the mental health of losing yes. those things was passed right. to their children, you know, and the emotional damage. Yes. The lack of trust of the government. Mm-hmm. You know, so we, we're doing a lot of repairing, even as Bonham right. County government employees. Right. So can I just add Yes, that? ma'am. Being, being the fact that I was living, I was not part of that, but my neighbors and stuff may have had, because I was raised in Stumptown. Mm-hmm. So I know that the people that lived around me lost theirs. What I want to say is the, the harm that was the most, mm-hmm. people that owned their homes, they even told them that their homes were condemned what they weren't. Mm-hmm. And they were told that they couldn't get a bank loan. So that was the harm that they did to them was to push them out. So we'll give you a couple of dollars because it's not worth anything. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I know that um, some of my friends, and I call them my family in Stumptown, it was sad to hear them say that when they decided that they were going to do the urban renewal and they were going to, they wiped out 22 homes in Stumptown mm-hmm. because they wanted to put an amphitheater, mm-hmm. that's what is there now, and a ball field. Mm-hmm. But they told the people in my community that they were going to make a playground for the kids. And they even helped to clean it up mm-hmm. for that purpose, mm-hmm. only to be told. You have to leave. Did. Well, no, it was told, no, they had left, but they were going to help the ones that didn't have to leave. Mm-hmm. They said, well, this is going to be a playground for your kids, and we're going to mm-hmm. make this a state of the arts. And they didn't do that. They came up with the amphitheater and a softball field that the people in the community do not use. So the harm comes from. I don't want to say lies, but the misinformation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll put it like that. The misinformation about what your property is worth. Mm-hmm. And instead of saying, well, we can help you 
to get a loan or to build your house up so that you can stay here. But they wanted to take all of it. So they wiped it all out. And mm-hmm. that's what Urban Renewal did was they took everything from us. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, people that lived here and they understand it, they understand they, even with the educational piece, they took us out of our schools and our neighborhoods, mm-hmm. but they didn't replace it. And the other, they never brought anybody else back into. Mm-hmm. So all of our culture was lost because mm-hmm. I was part of that desegregation. Mm-hmm. You lost everything that you had learned in an all-black school growing up. And that care, and that care and mm-hmm. compassion and care, from those teachers. And so then you had that mm-hmm. kind of like, well, what do they care? Because the par- when I was in school, my teachers knew my parents. We all either went to church together we all had the same kind of values. I tell everybody when I was in the second or third grade, I did something one day and my teacher pinned a note on my sweater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I didn't have enough sense to know to, to take, take it, it off. off. So yes. I went all the way home and, and that's when, but that was the connection that mm-hmm. we had. Mm-hmm. And so when they moved us, we didn't see anyone that looked like us. They'd already taken from our community. Mm-hmm. Then they took from our education. Mm-hmm. Then they put us in a system and so we lost, and all of our, we had that was part of us, even the block was taken. Mm-hmm. It's gone. Yeah, because yeah. if you go to the block now, it looks nothing um, near. Uh, I was a block baby. <laughs> um, my right. dad was taking me at five years old, so oh, I wow. know the block. Yes. yes. I remember going to the Stumptown meetings when we first started the reparations process yeah. and being able to listen to you, Bob mm-hmm. Beth, and the mm-hmm. other women um, and men who were a part of Stumptown, mm-hmm. right, and listening to their stories. And the joy that it brought me to hear, like how you grew up, and I think one of them was like walking through the trees and how spooky it was, and, mm-hmm. right, or going to the, the local store. And, and the graveyard exactly, next to it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. to play in the graveyard. Yeah, right. Yes. Right. Yes. right, and then, you know, and then the other, the flip side of that is hearing how that's lost, mm-hmm. and that where is Stumptown, right? Yeah. Like. Where is that? It's 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 a erasure. Mm-hmm. Is what happens is that it's an erasure. And I remember saying, "Why do you guys call it stump town?" And there's like because they call the they call the trees down, and there's just the stumps. And I'm yeah, like, "Oh, and right, that's what it was. right." And so even in the housing um, impact focus area last night, in there was you know they were sharing stories. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I need you all to record these stories. Yeah. Yeah. Right, because for heaven forbid that you fall asleep one night and don't wake up the next morning, Mm -hmm. that history is lost, right? Mm -hmm. So really recording that, Mm because I think that that's important to document Mm -hmm. during this process, Mm -hmm. the impact of urban renewal and Mm -hmm. the harm that was done. And there's just some things you can never get back. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's so, like you said, capture those stories. It's so important um, because the thing is, if, if we don't, hear about it somebody else will write it their right. way another mm-hmm. narrative yes. true narrative. and true. so it, it, it goes from being our story to his mm-hmm. story which becomes mm-hmm. history mm-hmm. and so we have mm-hmm. to make sure that we're documenting and and getting our voices told and getting it written authentically mm-hmm. um of what happened in in this in this community because buncombe county is um then we have the largest amount of property well, I think our urban renewal project is one of the largest in the southeast. Yes, and southeast. so like current impact on the city today, when you think of South Charlotte Street, the way that runs through, mm-hmm. um, what Valley Street used to um, 
used to exist. So just to know that impact. I know I'm third generation here in Asheville and that my great-grandmother had a home on Livingston Street as well. So we know that with Urban Renewal, it displaced a lot of people mm. in the community because her home, um, eventually she left that home and purchased another home in the northern part of the city around Hillside Street. Mm-hmm. So we know it has a change and an impact um, from those 60s and 70s to current day. So just even just your experience on the IFA, what's been some of the challenges that y'all, challenges or barriers you know face been in some of the discussions? Well, I think first of all, with uh, we had to get to know each other. Mm-hmm. We had to get to know that we all have a place in that Mm-hmm. So once we got that, and we started listening to the knowledge of each other, it was a, it was a process, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it was a, it was a good process because now we have kind of like we're almost like family. <laughs> I think we are family, right? It, 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 yeah, it is. is. You know, we, like we think about that. You know, you got that that forming, storming, norming, mm-hmm. all of that, right? Mm-hmm. And then. They know each other from community. It's like mm-hmm. not everyone was a stranger when they came in. So there's that personal side of like, I know you outside of this, right? And yeah. there's that other side. I guess, you know, we all have our different personalities. Mm-hmm. And everyone comes with some lived experience mm-hmm. when it comes to what's happened here. And so um, it's it, it can be challenging, but in a loving way, yeah. right? Because everyone's after the same goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so that that's what makes it work. And I think we had to decide, we had to say, this is what we're focusing on. Right. Mm-hmm. Because we really didn't know how we were going to start at the bottom to, mm-hmm. to get through this reparation mm-hmm. and the harm. Because yeah. mm-hmm. everybody doesn't understand it the same way. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. once we sat down that way then we were able to process it better and start looking at some goals and recommendations. And I wish that this show was an hour and not 30 minutes. (laughs) So I have to start wrapping up. But before we do that, I want each one of you all to leave something, a nugget for the community that you think is important that they know. Um, And either one of you can start first. I came with Bobette. Um, so what I will say is a closed mouth does not get fed. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of times that we don't say what we feel. Mm-hmm. We don't speak up. And that's hurtful to us. So if there's something that you want, if there's something that you want us to share out with the larger commission or just to get onto community, attend our meetings. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. share with us that information. We do do a community engagement events with the um, Racial Justice Coalition, but please show up. Mm-hmm. Please show up and represent for the Black community. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just want people to know that my passion is for communities mm-hmm. because I was raised here. I know the communities, and I want them to always know that you may think that the process is not going anywhere, but we're working hard. Mm-hmm. We want to work. We want to work it right. That's why I'm appreciative of the attorneys that are there with us so that whatever we take, they can bring it back and tell us how it will work or how we need to redo it. Mm -hmm. But I want people to understand that our passion is for the communities and for the people. And so we have, if you have a community association, because I take back when I'm there, the things that I've gained and learned. And so I wish that everybody would do it. And I ask people when I see them, what do you want to see? And that's how we do. And so Mm -hmm. that's what goes. And I would just like to encourage community, to, as Salah had mentioned earlier, to participate in this process. It's 25 members um, 
you know, coming up with the recommendations, but we need the community as a whole to help support them, encourage them, give them ideas as well so we can use seize this opportunity that's being presented to Asheville and Buncombe County. We are, we know reparations is a very controversial topic, but we are trying to repair some of the harms that happen here in Asheville. So we strongly encourage community to show up, support these 25 individuals, and let their voices be heard. And I think the commission will uplift those ideas, and we'll come out with the best solutions for Black Buncombe County as well as the city of Asheville. So I just would like to remind people that the commission, the larger commission meetings are held on a third Monday at 6 p.m. at the Harris Cherokee Center. Um, we allow validation so you can park uh, it's free parking to come and attend and listen to what's happening. Also, a lot of the meetings are also um, recorded and virtually um, streamed. And you can also go back um, to the City of Asheville public input site as well to just catch up, hear some of the discussions that is happening with the larger group. So, and we strongly encourage committee members to attend the impact focus areas. As Salah said, they meet at the Grant Center. What's some of those dates again? That is the second and the third Tuesday of every month. Mm -hmm. I will add that this month it's the second and fourth Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yes, we just strongly encourage community to help support this and push um, push this initiative for us. Halfway through the process, it will continue into the spring of next year. Um, recommendations are starting to be formalized, so we really want community to give their input uh, to help them um, come up with their recommendations and um, to best serve and have the largest impact on the community as well. So this is the first of our five-part series. It was on housing. Um, in two weeks, again, we'll be with the next impact focus area, which focuses around criminal justice. So tune in. Um, this is a five-part series. So tune in and find out more about the Community Reparation Initiative. And that was Professor Leonard Jones, um, who always gives us all the information. And I just want to wrap this up very sweetly. Um, I think so often that we have been taught history so wrong that it feels painful when you hear the truth or it feels unbelievable. Well, this is a chance where you can make history and have it authentically heard and described by people who lived it. Um, Regardless if you believe that someone, uh, a group of folks, deserve reparations or not, um, even if you think, well, I wasn't here, I didn't do it, you cannot ignore the fact that even though it happened many years ago, the effects of that wave continues to hit each generation due to being neglected and denied certain freedoms. Um, I often look at this process as a sculptor and a sculptor takes a lot of time and different, you know, manipulation, fingerprints and, and hand movements and things of that nature. No, the first hand movement does not change the, um, the clay. But as that sculptor continues to come to that clay and work with it and pour in its vision, um, it turns into a masterpiece and that is what this team is um, this commission is just because the first meeting was it, it didn't make a huge impact it doesn't mean that they're not working together to sculpture a masterpiece Buncombe County is small enough that we could be the blueprint for anybody else we are one Buncombe at the end of the day it is important to take care of each other as we would want to be taken care of
And from us to you, until next time, you've been tapped in. Thank you for listening to Tapped In, Buncombe County's half hour to empower, here on WRES 100.7 FM in Nashville. Learn more about today's topic at buncombecounty.org. Otherwise, stay tuned for more great episodes coming up. Ha, 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 ha.